Bibles to Romans 13. That's where we'll start. And as you're turning there, for those of you who are joining us for the first time in this Sunday school class, um, we've been talking about pitfalls for the Christian life. This one is the pitfall of wasting time. Started that right before the new year, and we're hopefully, hopefully we'll wrap it up today. And uh, looked at a couple different things. We looked at uh, why should we stop wasting time? Well, that's pretty obvious because time is life, and when you waste time, you waste your life. So it's not a good thing. People say, I'm killing time. It's synonymous with I'm killing my life. So we should get, uh, make the most of our time and make it count. And also, another reason and uh, is life is short. For those, again, following along with the handout, God, uh, God expects us to be wise stewards. Life is short. And God commands us to stop wasting time. So those are three reasons why we should stop wasting time. Then the second point was, what tends to waste our time? Well, in short, anything that doesn't please God. And we gave a couple of things uh, that people tend to waste their time with, and worry is one of them. It is, it, it's a waste of time to worry about things that you can't change. Uh, sorrow is another one. Sleep, <laughs> uh, bitterness, and entertainment. Entertainment's a great time waster. Uh, there's other problems with certain kinds of entertainment as well, but we'll continue here. And then we looked uh, last time at uh, point number three, what does wasting time lead to? And that leads to foolishness. It leads to sin. It leads to doing things you shouldn't be doing. Uh, we got that from Psalm 90, verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. So we should be numbering our days, trying to see how much time we have left and, and make it count. And if we're not applying our hearts to wisdom, we're applying our hearts to foolishness and things that aren't wise to do. We also saw that wasting time leads to loss, a loss of our present peace, a loss of our future provision. I'm not going to go and reteach all this, and the loss of eternal rewards. It also leads to trouble. Uh, we looked at Solomon for that. He uh, concluded that a man's selfish labors were ultimately uh, vain, empty, and uh, vexation of spirit. Just a consuming waste of time. And now, today, no further ado, hopefully the last point. Number four, how do we stop wasting time? If you're there in Romans 13, verse number 11, the first point is this. Wake up. Wake up. Now, I know it's cold today. You wanted to stay in bed and didn't want to get out into the, the cold air. But wake up. So then that, knowing the time... Again, we know the time, that, is, uh, that now it is high time that we wake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. We need to wake up and realize that, uh, if we ha especially if we have a problem with our time, because eternity is getting closer and closer and closer. Uh, our, self in, our salvation is nearer, it says there in the scripture, meaning that Every day that passes, we're getting closer to heaven. We're getting closer to meeting the Lord. We're getting closer to um, giving an account for our lives, how we spent our life. Well, I could have done this for God, but I did this for myself instead. 
And it's not just being faithful to church, that's important, but all that time outside of church, how do we spend that? Is it for ourselves or is it with eternity in mind? You know, there are going to be no opportunities to witness once we get to heaven. Those lost people that you could have and should have witnessed to, you won't have that opportunity to when you pass away. Our time to lay up treasures in heaven is now. Once you get to heaven, you, you have what you have. Uh, there'll be no more opportunities to sacrifice for the Lord. Remember that little song we sing, I'll wish I had given him more. Well, we don't have to have those regrets. Um, so if the Lord has convicted us about wasting time in any way over the last couple of weeks, probably we should determine to make some changes. Think it through and see what we should do. At the end of the handout, there's a couple questions there. Uh, what activities cause you to waste time? I challenge you to sit down and write out some of those things. You might put social media. You might put football games. You might put whatever. Uh, video games. Oh, my. <laughs> um, Whatever causes you to waste time, make a list and see what God has convicted you about. And then the second question there is, what definite steps has the Lord led you to take that will help you to avoid wasting time? You notice how I worded that? What definite steps has uh, the Lord led you to take? Not what do you want to do to stop wasting time, but what does God want you to do? Ah, yeah, I think he wants me to stop this. I think he wants me to add this to my life. What is Add those. And then pray about it and make some changes. All right, back to the lesson here. So how do we stop wasting time? We wake up, we see, whoa, time short. Heaven's getting closer. I know for some, there's some younger people in here. Uh, and you say, I got all sorts of time. You don't. It goes quickly. And we don't know when the Lord's coming back. We really don't. Second point is this, fear God. I want you to turn to First uh, Peter chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. I want you to see these two verses. So really, you say, well, does the Bible really tell us how we should spend our time? Actually, this passage, it really does tell us how to spend our time. And you'll see, because I already gave you the point, fear God. That is how we should spend our time. And we see this in 1 Peter 1, 16 and 17, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. So God's speaking. He says, I'm holy. I want you to be holy. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, he said, Pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. The fear of God. Should pass, how should we pass our time? The time of our sojourning? We're just sojourning here. This is not our permanent residence if you're saved. And so we should pass our time in the fear of God. And he describes that in, in verse 16. By, we should be holy and live in the fear of God by living a holy life. Do you fear God? There are some things we should fear and there's some things we should not fear. We should fear God. Do you have a healthy respect for what he has to say? 
and the accountability that you'll have for your life? Are you concerned about what he thinks about your lifestyle? Are you concerned about what he thinks about how you use your time? Or do you tend to justify your actions? So if we're supposed to pass our time in the fear of God, and that includes living a holy life, then anything that's not a holy life is a waste of time. Can you say you're living in the fear of God if you fornicate or want to fornicate? If you listen to ungodly music, watch wicked movies, gamble, drink? Again, listen to sensual music, waste your money, read trashy romance novels? What do you stream on your phone? What do you look at? If you want to use your time more wisely, start living in the fear of God. It's like, I can't look at this. I can't go there. I can't do this because God's not going to be happy. That's how we should be living our life because one day we're going to give an account of our life to God. How much of 2023 did you live in the fear of God? How much of it was not living a holy life? Well, that will tell you how much of your time you've wasted. So really, it goes beyond just, oh, this is a waste of time. It doesn't please God. It's wicked. It's hurts him, it hurts me, it hurts those who love me. And we've got to see things as God sees them. So we should wake up, we should fear God, and then thirdly, you can turn to Psalm 39, ask God. What do you mean ask God? Well, we should pray. We should pray and ask God for help. We should ask him for direction. We should ask him to help us to use our time wisely. And so, um, If you know that you don't use your time the best, (laughs) make it a matter of prayer. Ask God to help you uh, change your outlook on time and change how you live. Because prayer changes things. When we focus on something in prayer, we're asking God to do something. Then we are now bringing him into the picture. And that's a good thing to do. Bring him into the picture in every part of our life. And that'll cause us to seek him and to trust him and to, and to look to him. And when we're looking to him, we're looking to eternal pursuits, not temporal ones. Notice uh, David's prayer in uh, Psalm 39, verse 4. Now, this is a prayer. He said, Lord, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days. So make me to know how short my time is. Then he says what it is that I may know how frail I am. So ask the Lord to help you to see how short life is and how weak you are and how you've got to make the most of your time. And we're asking God to help us to see what life is. We've already looked at it before. It's a vapor. It appears for a little time. It's here and it's gone. You just walk outside, exhale, (laughs) and you see the vapor. Comes and it goes. And that's just our life. 
And when we can see and we, we see our life as God sees it, we're going we're gonna to change how we live. At least we should, right? And ask God, Lord, help me to see how little time I have. Help me to see how short time is. And when you're focused on this and you're making things a matter of prayer, you begin to work on things. Uh, We looked at this, another verse earlier, again, Psalm 90, verse 12. Some of you know it by heart. It's the the college verse, right? Uh, But we looked at it in one way. I want you to look at it as Moses spoke it. He spoke it as a prayer. He said, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Ask God, Lord, teach me to number my days. Help me to use my time in a wise way. And if you ask God to help you, he will help you. He wants to help you number your days. He wants you to use your time wisely. And if he wants to do all these things, then we should just ask him. A lot of times we have not because we... Ask not, because it's not even on the radar. Time? Why would I be worried about that? Because God's worried about it. He's concerned about it, I should say. So we should ask God. Fourthly, we should redeem time. Now, I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 5. There's a couple places where the scriptures talk about redeeming the time. And we'll look at both of those. So I want to give you two reasons that the scripture gives us for redeeming time. And remember, we mentioned that to redeem something is to buy it back, buy it up. We're trying to get some of it back. Now, you're not going to get back time that you lost, but you can use the time going forward. I'll explain more as we go along. Uh, But you can use the time going forward in a wise way. So here's a couple reasons why... Uh, we should be redeeming the time. First one is this, to spare yourself from evil. Because if you're not using your time wisely, you're using it foolishly, and you're going to get into something you shouldn't and do something you shouldn't. Right? The, an idle mind is whose workshop? Yeah, we've heard that, right? You know, that's just a cute little saying. Well, it's more than a saying. There is some scriptural uh, evidence of not that phrase, but the, the, the thought of it. Anyway, we, should, we can spare ourselves from evil if we redeem the time. Look with me there in Ephesians 5. Look at verses 15 through 17. It says, see then that you walk circumspectly. That's uprightly. Right? Not crooked, not bent over. God wants us to be straight. Not as fools, but as wise. All right? <laughs> There's only two choices here. We're either wise or we're fools. No in between. Either you're upright and circumspect and wise, or you're crooked and foolish. He says redeeming the time. That's how we should be spending our, our, our life, redeeming the time. Why? Because the days are what? The days are evil. Wherefore, be not, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So because the days are evil, that's how we're prone to spend our time. And that's how other people in the world spend their time. The days are evil, and that's how and people give themselves to evil activities, sinful preoccupations. And by filling our time 
with godly pursuits, by buying up some of that time that we use, every day we sit there and we make a decision. What am I going to do this afternoon? You have a decision. When you get home from church or if you're out in the ministries, you get home from whatever you're doing, and now you say, oh, I have some time. What are you going to do with that time? You say, well, that's my afternoon nap time. You might need the afternoon nap. That's okay. You probably don't need three hours. You could do something productive. Someone say, but it's time for me to watch the game. And what could you be doing instead of watching the game? Is there, let me say it this way. Is there something you should be doing instead of the game? Whatever the game is. Your team's probably going to lose anyway. Uh, and then you say, that was a waste of time. Bunch of losers. Uh, but if we fill our time with godly pursuits then we're going to limit our sinful ones. Doesn't that make sense? So do something good to prevent yourself from doing something bad. One of the things I teach in, my, in one of my college classes, the Ministry Essentials class, the freshmen get to take that one. So, uh, you know, talking about running a program. One of, the, one of the main rules for running a program, I say, is have no dead time. Why? Because if you leave a bunch of kids to themselves to do whatever they want, they don't typically break out in the hallelujah chorus, right? They don't typically decide to, you know, have bus captain appreciation day or, you know, start reading their Bible and have double devotions on the way into church. No, if you leave a bunch of kids to themselves, actually the Bible mentions this, right? Child left to himself bringeth his mother to what? Shame. They're going to do shameful things. They're going to typically do things they shouldn't be doing. So if you keep them busy doing the things they should be doing, they're going to be less likely doing the things that they shouldn't be doing. All right. By the way, parents, that's why you should keep your kids' schedule full, doing the right things, help them not to get sidetracked on the wrong things. Ah. Anyway, so <laughs> we need to redeem the time and make good use of it because then we'll prevent ourselves from going off the wrong direction and doing all those things that we shouldn't be doing. Now, I want you to uh, look at the second reason why we um, should redeem the time. Not only to spare ourselves from evil, but secondly, to spend time serving God. If you would, Colossians chapter 4, not too far there from Ephesians. Colossians chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. Same uh, phrase, redeeming the time, but a little different view of it. This one is not necessarily to stay out of doing what's wrong, but this is to, so that we can do more of what's right. It says, walk in wisdom toward them that are without. Without, that means those who are outside the church, outside outside of Christ, whatever. He says, redeeming the time. And then he says, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. So if you look at this passage, what I take from it is that we should redeem our time um, so that we can talk to others 
about the Lord. Redeem our time so we can talk to others about the Lord. Many places, many times we find ourselves sitting, doing nothing. Uh, could be looking for opportunities to engage in conversation with other people. Some people are isolationists. They're more happy just sitting at home doing nothing when they could be a help to somebody else, whether it's a lost person or being an encouragement to another brother and sister in the Lord. So we redeem the time when we spend time talking to other people about our Savior. Now, again, that word redeem means to buy up. So we should look for opportunities to buy up some time, some of our time to serve God. We all have the same amount of time, but we make choices on how we're going to use that. Now, if you're going to buy something, you have to pay a price for that, right? I go to the store. I want to buy some donuts. (laughs) I got to lay out some cash or credit card or the debit card or whatever, right? You, but you have to pay the price. You give up something in order to get something else. Makes sense. Are you willing to sacrifice some time for self so that you can get some time to serve the Lord? It, there is a price to pay. There are some, many, that work in the bus ministry. They give hours on Saturday. They get up early on Sunday (laughs) and get home a little bit later from church on Sunday. They pay a price. They believe this is an opportunity to serve the Lord. This is what God would have them to do. And they say, well, I'm going to, I could use this time to work some overtime and make some money. Or I could use this time and redeem it and pay the price, I'll have less time for myself, maybe less time for cash or whatever, so that I can use more of my time to serve the Lord. It could be that way with entertainment. A lot of entertainment is bad. Not all of it is. But sometimes when we give too much time to entertainment, even if it's quote-unquote wholesome entertainment, it still can be a waste of time And we're not getting the best bargain for our time. We could give up some of that time. We have to pay the price. So we're redeeming the time because days of evil will keep me from getting into problems. But I can redeem the time so I have more time to serve the Lord doing something else. Uh, Are you willing to sacrifice some time of yours so that you can spend more of it on things of the Lord. We can say, well, I don't have enough time to give to this. I don't have time for this ministry or that ministry. Maybe it's we have time, but we would rather use it on something else. And as we mentioned before, uh, not all leisure is bad, but it does limit what we can do. Um, So maybe a good question we could ask is, what could I Cut out of my schedule so that I could do a little more for the Lord. And by the way, raising your family is, is very important. That's something you're doing for the Lord. 
and if, if you have all sorts of extracurricular activities or you're spending so much time, extra time, you know, working gobs of overtime because, man, I could really use the money, but you're not spending time with your family, raising, raising your kids, instructing them, uh, and, and you have no interaction with them, then you're not getting the best use of your time there either. It's not all extension outreach ministries that are what we're talking about here. We're talking about, if you, we're talking about serving the Lord. We're talking about serving them at our home, with our finances, uh, with reaching the lost, all of that. Uh, some of you, and I, I believe actually Pastor Mitchell mentioned this not long ago, uh, and I, I got the same email update that he had gotten, but Pastor Tom Brennan was asked how he found some time, how he found time for his writing ministry, because writing takes a long time. And he said that he gave up watching sports and listening to talk radio, which gave him more time for profitable activities. It's not that he had a whole bunch of extra time, and I know because he battles health problems also, so that limits his time. So he found a way to redeem the time and said, well, some of these other things, not necessarily bad in themselves, but I'm going to give them up so I can do something of more eternal value. Hmm, pretty good example. Let me ask you this. Could you give up video games? (laughs) Go into withdrawals, right? Uh, Could you limit your time on social media? Get someone to put time restrictions on those apps or whatever that you can't override by saying, oh, extend that, that someone else has to override? Oh, could you cut back on sports? Could you unsubscribe from a streaming service? Well, I got to get the, the best use of that. I mean, I spend money on that. I got to really get my money's worth. Well, maybe not. You know, uh, could you spend less time on shopping excursions? Do you know? How, do you know how many hours people spend shopping? Just dial back a couple weeks over the last, uh, you know, few weeks over the holidays. How many trips out and how many hours were spent just shopping? What are you looking for? I don't know. I'm just shopping. If you don't know what you're looking for, you're going to find a lot of things that you weren't looking for. I'm, I'm shopping. It's, it's fun. It's fun to go in debt. And then you're taking trips to uh, Goodwill. What are you doing? I'm getting rid of that stuff. That's perfectly fine. Yeah, but I got so much other stuff in the closet. Well, <laughs> if you should have just worn what you had. I don't know. Just, just throwing that out there. Uh, you know, when we go out uh, to eat... You know, if, if you, especially if you're hitting a fast food place, which I'm not recommending that you should do, but when you do, they have these little things called value meals. Why? Because you can save money. And really, that is, that's a misnomer, because anytime you're spending money, you're not saving it. But anyway, you're spending less money if you buy the value meal. If you bought just the burger and the fries, it would be... Ten ninety nine, but if you buy the burgers, the fries, you get the value meal. You get the burgers, the fries, and the drink for 
1102 or whatever it is, you know? And so, wow, for only three cents, I'm getting the drink. It's like getting it for free. Why not get the value basket or whatever? Little plug for Culver's. <clears throat> when you um, get insurance, if you have homeowners and you have uh, your car insurance, and some people do it with their uh, life insurance, but when you bundle those policies, you get a discount. And so a lot of people like to bundle. Why? They're trying to get a good value. Right? So if we watch our pennies to get good deals, then we'll have more pennies to spend on something else. And the same thing with time. If we get a good deal on our time, we'll have a little bit more to spend on something else. And the more time we save, the more time we have to invest into eternal matters. You know, how else could we redeem time? Um, you could determine to do some, something profitable with your spare moments, with your downtime. Uh, you could pull out your phone, which a lot of us do, right? Oh, I've got a few minutes, let me just pull out my phone, and then you get sidetracked on something else, and then now you're not just filling a little bit of time, now you're taking away from time you're supposed to be doing. But you could do something else when we're studying a verse of the month, or if you have your own memory system, carry a little index card, or a little three-by-five card or something like that, just pull it out. You get a few spare moments, pull it out, and go over it. Uh, you might be driving down the road, and it's like, oh, let me turn on the radio and listen to this and catch up on this and catch up on that. Or you could say, you know, maybe just turn off the radio. Uh, there's some people that I need to pray for. There's a situation with my family that needs extra prayer. And, Lord, I want to talk to you about this. This is a much more uh, valuable use of my time. We could redeem the time just by using those spare moments. You know, those college students have all these assignments. They just got all their course requirements last week. And it's like, I'm never going to get all this done. How am I going to do this? Well, those few minutes when you don't have anything to do, instead of walking down the hallway and chatting with your friends for two minutes, which turns into two hours... Maybe you could just fill that extra time in by reading a chapter in the book that you have to read. Oh, it's just so boring. Yeah, but it helps get things done. Just little bit by little bit, you have, um, you, you redeem those moments. They're spare moments. You can squeeze a little something in. Just try to squeeze a little bit more in. All right. Instead of just squandering it. And wasting it. All right, let me give you the, the last point. <coughs> so the fifth point, we talked, fourth was uh, redeem the time. Fifth one is plan time. Plan time. This is how we can stop wasting it, is to plan it. Now, I understand the idea of a schedule. Sometimes you can have a schedule and something outside of the circumstances can enter in and really throw a kink in things and now your schedule is way out of whack and something's beyond our control. But that's not every single moment of every single day. And that's why it is still good to have some kind of a schedule. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 tells us this, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. 
So there's a time for everything. I'm not going to go through and give you that whole list, but a principle we can pull from that is that there is a time for everything. So we should plan that time. Have you ever just noticed going through scripture and different accounts that God keeps a schedule? Right? In the scriptures, in the fullness of time. When it was just the right time, God sent forth his son. Right? Galatians tells us. He, he sets appointments. He says, at, at a set time, this is going to happen. And you know what happens every time that God set his appointment? It happened. This is when I'm going to do this. And he did it. Could we learn something from this that maybe we should... I'm going to make an appointment and I'm going to keep it? That seems to be what God did. And if we did the same thing, wouldn't that help us to be more godly? Um, give you an example from Exodus 9, verses 5 and 6. You don't have to turn there. I'll read it to you. But consider this example when God judged Egypt. And the Lord appointed a set time. Saying, tomorrow the Lord shall do this thing in the land. In verse 6, and the Lord did that thing on the morrow. And all the cattle of Egypt died, but the cattle of the children of Israel died not. So God set a time. He said, I'm going to do this tomorrow. There was a certain time. I'm going to do this. And it said, and the Lord did that thing on the morrow. Here's the time. This is when I'm going to do it. And he did it. God has a schedule. God keeps a schedule. God always used time wisely. Why? Because God created time. Created it mainly for us. But planning a time to do things and setting appointments is actually a godly character trait. So what would it be if we never schedule our time and never set appointments for things that are important? then it's not a godly characteristic. Well, I just kind of let, just kind of roll with how life flows. No. You know, we know we should read our Bible every day. We know we should have a time of prayer. So we say, I'm going to get up. It's, I, if I have to go to work, well, that's a schedule. There's time you should show up or else you're not going to keep your job. Well, then dial it back a little bit. I have to have time to get there. Then I have to have time to get ready. Then I have to have time for the Lord. So this is when I need to get up. And it's just simple, practical stuff. Uh, previously, we had, we had looked at um, time being like money. So a budget is to money what a schedule is to time. We have a budget to control our money. We have a schedule to control our time. It's a written plan that helps us to spend those precious commodities in a wise, helpful way. So we should learn to schedule our time. And we do that by making wise choices. And life is a little bit like your paycheck. Okay? You only have so much to spend. So... Spend it wisely. Spend it wisely. So we've looked at the idea that life is time and we should not waste time because we'd be wasting our life. We should identify the things that waste our time and replace those things with 
things that will um, count for eternity. And God gives us some ideas and examples of what we can do to, to follow him. And if we do, we'll make the most of our time. And, and then we'll have fulfillment, not only in this life, but rewards in eternity. So I hope that we all take and not just say, oh, those are some good ideas. But we'll take some of these things and apply them to our lives and make some changes so that we can pass our time in the fear of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and the help that it is to us. We would ask that you would use the scriptures, these truths, change our perspective and where we are guilty and weak and fallen short, that we would come to you and confess that and ask for help. Ask that you would, just like the psalmist, ask that you would help us to number our days and to then we should be throughout our day redeeming the time. So we'll spend less time on evil things and more time on eternal matters. And Lord, help us each, each part of our day say, is this a good use of my time? I, shouldn't, I can buy this back and use it for something better. Help us, Lord, to make the best use of our time. We pray you be glorified with our lives and give us help, Lord. We thank you that you you love us enough to give us the word of, uh, word of God to teach us. I pray you bless the service to follow, we ask in Christ's name. Amen.